once again, and welcome to episode 126 of Bee Boomer Unleashed, Just Good News Journal Entry 23. I'm Jerry Lake, the Unleashed Baby Boomer, and I'll be your host for today's episode and all the episodes of Bee Boomer Unleashed. But before we get into today's podcast, let me remind you, as I always do, where you can find our podcast. You can find us at bboomerunleashed.podbean.com. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. You can also find our link on Facebook, Spotify, and Instagram, and also on Twitter. Uh, if you can't find us in any of those places, just Google Bee Boomer Unleashed, and I'm sure we'll come up somewhere for you to listen to our podcast. Also, we encourage you to drop us an email at bboomerunleashed at gmail.com. Once again, that's bboomerunleashed at gmail.com with your comments, questions, criticisms, and suggestions for future episodes. And if you'd like to be a guest on the Bee Boomer Unleashed podcast, I encourage you to drop us a note and let us know. Well, today we're going to shift gears just a little bit, and I uh, have a little book that uh, I've been giving to people uh, for several years now. It was written back in 2005 by pastor named Carrie Schmidt, and Carrie is the senior pastor at Emanuel Baptist Church in Newington, Connecticut. And the book that uh, we're going to talk about is his book entitled Done, D-O-N-E. He's also written several other books like Discover Your Destiny, Real Christianity, Passionate Parenting, and many, many more. And I've read a number of his uh, works, and uh, they're just good, easy reads and very practical, just very practical Christianity. So for the next few weeks, I'm going to spend time reading you one of his works entitled Done. And I will make comments along the way, of course, but I'll let Brother Schmidt do most of the talking. I've given dozens of copies of this book to those who are searching for answers regarding a personal relationship with Christ. And that's important, that we have a personal relationship with Him. Not just be a church member somewhere, but have a personal relationship with Jesus. You say, well, why are you doing this? What are you doing this for? Well, folks, I firmly believe that time is short, and there's not much time left to tell our friends and family about Jesus. I realize that many, if not most, of our listeners are born-again Christians, but for those who aren't, I encourage you to listen as we read Carrie's book. If you'd like to purchase a copy of any of Carrie's books for yourself or to give to your friends, they're available at Amazon.com or ChristianBook.com. This uh, book is a tremendous witnessing tool, and I encourage you to purchase multiple copies for your friends and loved ones. You can also find Carrie Schmidt uh, in person on YouTube. But today we'll begin his book as we read his introduction and first chapter. Uh, so without further ado, let's begin reading Done, What Most Religions Don't Tell You About the Bible. In the introduction, Brother Smith says, If God was willing to sit down with you personally and allow you to air your questions, reason through your doubts, and pose any challenge, would you take him up on his offer? Would you be willing to investigate his claims and understand his purposes? Would you be willing to believe him? Friend, he has given you just such an invitation. In Isaiah 118, the Bible says, Come now and let us reason together, 
saith the Lord. God isn't intimidated by your questions, and he isn't surprised by your doubts. In fact, quite the opposite is true. He is fully aware of every detail of your life, and still he invites you to approach him personally and reason with him through your life's questions. I hope you will do just that through the pages of this book. Find a quiet place, open your heart, and consider the message of the Bible, a message that is diluted and distorted by religious systems, but is simple and powerful to the human heart. You see, there's a message in the Bible, one with incredible implications for your life, yet you won't find it in the pulpits of most churches or in the pages of most Christian books. It's a message understandable to a little child, but missed by so many full-grown adults. It's a message that is verifiable by intelligent reason, but only acceptable by simple faith. It could change your life forever. It's the most important message you will ever consider. It's literally life and death. Could you spare just a few minutes to understand this message? I don't know where this little book finds you or how it came to you, but I don't believe it's an accident. Perhaps you're searching for some answers about life. Perhaps you're cynical of organized religion, but somewhat curious about the truth of God. By now, you know there's more to life than just time, and you know in your heart that you are more than just a body. There must be a purpose, a reason for it all. There must be hope. There must be more than just birth, life, death, and an endless evolutionary cycle randomly headed nowhere. You must be more valuable than that, and your future must mean more than that. Deep within, you know these things because they are written in your heart, etched into your conscience, like a deeply woven thread impossible to remove. These truths are a part of your spiritual genetics. You know you were created because your world shows intelligent design. You know your Creator must be good because He created so many good things. Yet you live in a world with pain and problems, with questions and doubts. You live in a world where God has given you enough information to know He exists, but deep within you long for more. You know there's more. And God promises to give you more if you will seek Him. Are you willing for a moment to consider the thought that God truly does exist and He cares about you? Are you willing to see reliable evidence and consider what it might mean for your life? What if your conclusion about life, death, and eternity are established on faulty information? Suppose for a moment there there truly is a God. Suppose that He created you and loves you intensely. Imagine that he has a perfect eternal purpose for you, but that you are now held hostage by a ruthless enemy whom you cannot see and who is bent on destroying you. Imagine that this loving God is on a rescue mission to save you. And this is all going on behind the scenes of your life, behind the visible wall of your day-to-day existence. Maybe you've never given it a moment's thought. If you could know for sure where you would spend eternity, 
If you could forever put away every fear you've ever had, if this incredible loving God were knocking at your door right now, offering to rescue you from it all, would you let him in? Would you even give him a chance? Wouldn't you want to know this God? If being loved by God matters to you, then all I ask is that you give him a chance to connect with your heart through the pages of this book. Keep reading. I think you're going to like this story. Chapter 1. More Than a Body He sat across the table from me, openly admitting that for the first time in his 50 years of life, he was searching. In the last three years, I've gone from being an atheist to being a believer. I've come to the conclusion, with all the good and bad in my life, that there's no reason I should have had it this good. I'm starting to believe in God. He was the manager of a restaurant I liked to visit, and one day I felt impressed in my heart to introduce him to the message you hold in your hand. This was our third conversation together, and for the first time in his life, he was seeing that there must be more to life than just the passing of time and a meaningless string of circumstances and events. He admitted to having questions and hoped that there was more to life that he didn't yet understand. As our conversation ended, I politely asked him if he could continue addressing his questions and pursuing these topics with him. His answer, absolutely, so long as you don't mind me asking them. (laughs) From there, I promised to give him plenty of food for thought, and I promised to support those thoughts with Bible references so that he could verify them for himself. In the same spirit, I would ask you to consider this first important truth as we take this journey together. Friend, you are more than a body. Contrary to the message of pop culture, deep in your heart you know that there's more to you than just flesh, blood, and randomly evolved biological substances. You must understand that there is much more to you than what you shave, shower, and dress every morning. Jesus said this, The life is more than meat, and the body is more than raiment. You can find that in Luke 12, 23. Again, God said in His Word, I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. In James 2.26, God says the body without the spirit is dead. In 2 Corinthians 4.16, God distinguishes between the outer man, our body, and the inward man, our soul and spirit. Though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Hmm. More than a body? Why is this so important? Well, first of all, this means you have more than just death to anticipate. Think about it. If you're nothing but a body, then all you really have to look forward to is death. How could anybody really be happy if that's all the future holds? If that is to be the ultimate final destination of your life, why would anything else matter? Secondly, it means you have value. If you are more than a freak biological accident then you are created 
If you are created, then you have value to your creator. He made you for a reason, a purpose. You have significance and meaning, and life is more than random events strung together by fate. Thirdly, it means you have hope. There's more than just physical life and death. There's hope that you can get past your present difficulties and someday enter into something far better. Ever heard that little phrase, life's hard, then you die? (laughs) Well, that's a pretty hopeless outlook on life and it's definitely not what the Bible clearly teaches. Yes, life is sometimes very hard and very unpredictable. Yes, everyone eventually dies, but in God's message to you, there's more to it. There's more to life than what you can see and more to your story than just time itself. You want proof? Okay. Conscience. You have a conscience. Here's what I mean. How can biological matter spontaneously develop conscience? That's like saying I can hurt my neighbor's refrigerator's feelings. (laughs) Conscience is a soul thing, a spiritual thing, and meat doesn't generate spiritual events. Meat is just meat. It doesn't feel good or bad. It just sits there and rots once life has departed. I'm not trying to be crude, just clear. Friend, your conscience proves your soul's existence. Conscience is your internal knowledge of right and wrong. Conscience is your God-given knowledge of your Creator and His moral standard in all of creation. The fact that human beings all over planet Earth intuitively worship something is proof that God has written this in our hearts. It's part of our spiritual genetics. No matter where you go, you will find man worshiping someone or something. Even the atheist who denies God's existence chooses to worship self and thus becomes God. In Romans chapter 1, God brings an indictment against men who deny what he has clearly written on their hearts and revealed in them. He says in Romans 1.20, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. In verse 19 of the same chapter, God says that he has revealed himself inside of every human being. And in verse 21, he explains that when he, we willfully choose to deny this inner, inner knowledge, our hearts become darkened. Once again, in Romans 2.15, he says that his law is written in our hearts, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness. So what does all this mean? God says it quite simply in Romans 1.20, we are without excuse. We are without excuse. To deny the existence of a creator or his interest in our lives is to literally ignore our conscience and the truth that God has written in our hearts. This all points to one primary conclusion. Our relationship to God must be intentionally designed to function by faith rather than sight. God says it this way. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Hebrews 11, 3. 
Things which were made, that's you and me, were not made of things which do appear, that's the world around us. In other words, who you are, where you came from, and where you are going has more to do with what you cannot see than with what you can see. You cannot see the wind, but you know it exists. You cannot see the air, but you depend upon it for life. You cannot see hope, joy, or peace, but you desperately long for these in your heart. You cannot see God, but you know He exists, and your heart longs to be loved and fully accepted by Him. More than a body, you bet. Your body is just a temporary dwelling place for the real you. God even calls it a tabernacle or a tent, 2 Corinthians 5.1. Just as you take off one set of clothes each night and put on another set the next morning, one day you will vacate your body. We call this death, which literally means separation. Your soul will vacate its tent. In that moment, your body will cease to breathe and move and function, but the real you, the inner man, will very much continue to live. Yes, you are much more than a body. Take care of yours while you have it. But don't focus so much on the physical that you miss what you cannot see with your eyes. You are a soul. You have a conscience. You are created and you matter. You have value. You have an eternal purpose. You have a creator who longs for you to read the clues, to see with your heart what you cannot see with your eyes. He has given you plenty of information to put two and two together, and He is waiting for you to come to Him personally. As we close this chapter, I have a short assignment for you. In Ephesians 1.18, there is a prayer that states the following, The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling. In other words, you have a second set of eyes the eyes of your understanding, then they may or may not be functioning correctly. Would you pray this simple prayer from a sincere heart to God before you continue reading? God, I understand and accept that I am more than a body and that perhaps there is much about the spiritual life that I do not understand. As I read about these things, would you open the eyes of my understanding and help me see what I am missing I sincerely want to know the truth. Amen. Well, that concludes chapter one of Carrie Schmidt's Done. And uh, next week we'll get into chapter two. And uh, chapter two is entitled The Only Two Religions in the World. Wow. Did you know that there were only two religions? Hmm. Well, we're going to find out about those next week on our broadcast. In the meantime, uh, if you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, you don't have to wait till the end of this book to receive Jesus as your personal Savior. You just got to ask him to come into your heart. Say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I've messed up. I want you to come into my heart and save me. And he'll do that very thing. If you're already a Christian and you know that you're on your way to heaven, but you've got friends or family members who aren't, why don't you just send them a copy of this podcast and encourage them to listen along for the next few weeks as we read this book by Carrie Schmidt. And maybe, just maybe, they'll come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. 
Well, it's been great to be with you today. Once again, uh, if you'd like to order copies of Carrie Schmidt's book, you can find them on Amazon.com, ChristianBook.com. And uh, I'm sure that uh, you will be pleased with what you read. Uh, Get this book and give it to uh, as many people as you know to get the gospel out before it's eternally too late. Jesus is coming soon. Folks, we're living in perilous times. We're watching the Bible prophecy play out in front of our very eyes. Jesus is coming soon. If you can't see that, then you've got your head in the sand somewhere. And Jesus is going to come, and he's going to take us out of this place. But those who don't know him as their personal Savior are going to be left behind. And that's not going to be fun. Well, listen, it's been great to be with you folks this week. I always uh, enjoy spending time with you. And I hope you've enjoyed uh, uh, the first part of Carrie's book here. I hope you'll tune in for every episode. And uh, if you have uh, uh, questions or comments, just drop us an email at bboomerunleashed at gmail.com. Uh, we'd be glad to help you. You might say, Jerry, I, I really don't know about this salvation. I know I need to be saved, but I really don't know how to go about doing that. Reach out to me. I'd be happy to talk to you. Well, listen, you folks, uh, tune in again next week. Uh, invite your friends. Share this with those who may not know Jesus. But until we meet again, have a great week, and may God bless each and every one of you. Goodbye.